Hey everybody, thanks for checking out the podcast. We greatly appreciate your support. But before we get started, I wanted to tell you about a success story. I wanted to tell you about my friend Carl up in New Boston, Michigan. He listens to our pods every week and he heard me talking about how I might be able to help him out. So he hit me up over at SaveWithConrad.com. He just closed last month and he left us a five-star review and he had this to say. Not only did we save over $100,000 on our mortgage by removing several years off of it, he also saved us a few months of payments. In follow-up, Conrad and Steve are super helpful when I had additional questions. You can't go wrong here with Save with Conrad. Definitely worth a call to understand what your savings could be. Take Carl's word for it. He saved more than a hundred grand. What have you got to lose? Be like Carl. Go to SaveWithConrad.com right now and find out how much money you can save for free. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. But because we're licensed in more than 40 states, we can help more families than ever before. Why not you? Why not now? Go to SaveWithConrad.com and find out how much money you can save for free. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get a quick quote right now. Thank me later and you'll be glad you did. SaveWithConrad.com. Why adfreeshows.com? It's simple. It's early and ad-free. Why wait for your favorite shows to drop when you can listen as soon as they stop recording? There's no need to wait. You can access it all before anyone else can. Plus, no ads. No one telling you what to bundle or how to keep that man part standing tall. None of that. It's just straight content from all your favorite hosts, including Jeff Jarrett, Eric Bischoff, Kurt Angle, and the rest of the team. That's not all. You also get immediate access to watching their reactions live on video as well. So don't put it off any longer. Do it now. You won't be disappointed. Start enjoying all the podcasts you love early and ad-free at adfreeshows.com. Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. We have an incredible show planned for you today. We'll be covering Judgment Day 2006 and all the events leading up to it. But first, I want to introduce to you my co-host. He's the man with the plan. He's Conrad Thompson. How are you doing, Conrad? Man, I'm doing great. So excited to be here. We are excited to talk about Judgment Day 2006 uh, this is going to be uh, a really interesting show. I've enjoyed talking about 2006 with you. It's a very pivotal year in your career, and we're going to keep the news and notes going here. Uh, recently, we had uh, Mr. Randy Orton on, and an opportunity to catch up there. If you haven't already, you can check it out at adfreeshows.com. But he is going to be going into a suspension here in 2006 for 60 days. It's effective on April 12th. He's uh, one of the youngest world champions in wrestling history, certainly the youngest in WWE history when he won the world title. And that was just two years prior to this. So he's still a very young man, just 26 years old. And we heard Randy talk last week, Kurt, about he, uh, occasionally did some knucklehead stuff. Just, <laughs> I think you described it as he just needed to mature a little bit. Yeah. Randy was 21 when he started and he was just a young kid. He needed to mature. Uh, he, he had to make some mistakes in order to capitalize from it. And it made him a better human being. He is, he's very, uh, uh, well-centered now. Uh, he he's very giving, very kind. 
when he was younger, he was a little more selfish and it was all about him. And, you know, he was just immature, but he needed to develop a, a little bit more uh, to become a better human being. And he did. And I think he did a phenomenal job. You heard him last week on the podcast. He's a different person now completely. What was your relationship like with Randy in 06? I know you were uh, in a tough spot in your life in 06 too. Were you guys still talking to each other and sort of uh, as friendly as you are now, or had you grown apart by 06? No, we were pretty good friends. We, we, we connected quite a bit. Um, you know, we, we would travel with each other every once in a while. When Randy first started, I traveled with him quite a bit. And then that didn't last that long. And, uh, but, but when we would, you know, we would travel every few weeks and, uh, you know, just bullshit and, you know, go to the events and, you know, kill time together. So he was one of my best friends at that particular time, especially in 2006. Well, with Orton out, Meltzer saying that SmackDown is going to have some serious depth chart issues. People like Bobby Lashley, Chris Benoit, and Ken Kennedy, when he's cleared, are going to have to be pushed harder. But even with Batista returning shortly and being added into that main event mix, Meltzer thought the heel side was kind of barren. There's only JBL, Fit Finley, and Mark Henry as the top guys. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you could still, I guess, classify Giant Singh and Road Warrior in there. But Mysterio's knee is bad. He's going to be out for some time uh, whenever he gets that surgery done. But it feels like Ray now, with Orton out, has to work through it. This is, this is an issue in any era of wrestling. But with Orton suspended, Batista's out hurt, now Ray's hurting. It feels like SmackDown is in need of a shot in the arm in a major way here, right? Well, injuries is what affects the business and it always does. You're always going to have injuries. Guys are going to get hurt. And we were a little barren at the top, you know, not a lot of main eventers left. Uh, I was injured. Ray was injured. Uh, Randy was suspended. Batista was out. Uh, it, it got pretty bare and we had to start making more, uh, under, under card guys, bring them up to the main event. That, that was the idea. And that's what we need to do. I don't think we worked on it hard enough. I think they just wanted to get everybody back to where they were as quickly as possible. And they wanted Ray to hold off for a long time until Batista and Randy came back. So Ray was injured, needed surgery, and he was still working. It was a tough time in the business. The injuries are mounting in your life as well. Meltzer would write, Kurt Angle has several issues, including his chronic neck problems, which worsened in the past month or so as well as his wife expecting and him being something of a business workaholic learning from what happened with Eddie Guerrero. They're probably going to have him take several house show tours off. Although he'll probably work TV every week during his sort of break, uh, just by process of elimination. That means Henry Benoit or JBL will have to work with Mysterio at the house shows. What do you remember about your physical condition here in 06 and how you were hurting? I was in bad shape. You know, I had a lot of injuries at, at one particular time. I had the neck injury, the shoulder abdominal. I tore an abdominal muscle, a groin muscle, a hamstring. This is all at the same time. I was, I was in really bad shape and the painkiller problem wasn't getting any better. So I was in a, I was in a state of turmoil and even my relationship with Vince started dwindling and it was getting more erratic and I was, you know, uh, calling him, leaving him messages with threats. And, uh, just, I just fell out of control. I was in a bad point in my life. 
You're 36 at the time. And Meltzer would say he'll likely have a decreased house show schedule. Once he comes back legitimately angles, neck and spine are inflamed and he still lacks feeling in one of his hands. He'll be doing a minimal amount of house shows even after his return, but will be on the TV the last week and it'd be a build for the pay-per-view probably with the injury situation against Mark Henry. Meltzer wrote, given their prior bouts, he should probably stay hurt for two weeks longer and avoid that one. So Meltzer may be a little tongue in cheek thinking if you're already, uh, in a diminished capacity, maybe wrestling a, a brute strength, like, uh, Mark Henry might not be the best idea. Do you remember having conversations with your opponents ahead of time? Like, Hey, just as a heads up, I'm hurting a little here and I got this going on. Or is that something you keep to yourself, even from your coworkers? Yeah, I, I never went up to somebody and approached them and said, Hey, you need to take it easy on me tonight. Cause I wasn't going to take it easy on them and it wouldn't be fair, even if I was injured. Right. So I never brought that up. I would say, listen, I can't do this move or that move because of my neck. So I, I explained to them in detail what the particular move was, but for the most part, I, I would go out there and give everything I had every single night, whether it was a house show, a TV or a pay-per-view. Let's talk about ratings for a moment. Uh, I just want to focus in and remind everybody Ray Mysterio is the champ. He just won at WrestleMania 22. So the March 31st SmackDown does a 2.45 rating, which is 3.78 million viewers. And that's a 2.20 amongst English language homes, but a 4.67 in Spanish <laughs> language homes. So the whole experiment of we need a Latino star on SmackDown and we like Rey Mysterio that seems to be working in a major way without a doubt. Yes. The ratings would continue, uh, to be, uh, strong based on the Hispanic market, but the overall numbers do start to dip. Uh, let's take a look at that a week later. They're at a 2.68, which is up, but then down to a 2.4 by the 14th on the 21st of April as a 2.11. And then even rolling into may it's a 2.2, but by two weeks later, SmackDown's all the way down to a 1.9. Um, these numbers are still strong based on, you know, the, where the world is now with TV, but was there ever a point when you remember ratings started to dip here? Uh, I guess we'll call it the spring of 2006 and it became something that was on the wrestlers radar, or is this all just behind the scenes office stuff? This was mainly behind the scenes office stuff, but we did catch wind of it. And I think the reason why the company was trying to keep all the talent involved in SmackDown, the guys that were injured, the, you know, they were trying to rush everybody back is because of the ratings. I'm not sure the ratings had to do with the wrestlers or the writing, but probably a little bit of both, but, but the business always goes in cycles up and down. I think we were just in a downtime. It was, you know, starting to go down little by little. And I, I, I knew eventually, you know, one, one, some point in time, the, the ratings would start going back up. We also want to remind everybody during this time period, SmackDown is going to be going to be going through some changes. It's reported on May 10th that while plans could change because the network debut wasn't official, the last SmackDown on UPN looked to be September 15th and the first SmackDown on the new CW network would be on September 22nd. Is this something that you're even really paying attention to? I mean, obviously, you know, it's a big station, but to go from UPN to CW did that matter at all from a performer standpoint? No, I mean, they're both major networks, right. you know, 
going to CW, we were actually looking forward to it because it was a brand new network and it was something new and we were excited about it. So uh, switching over from UPN to CW, I don't think made much of a difference, but I think mentally for us, it gave us a little kickstart. You own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's and renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Well, Vince is looking to kickstart ECW. Of course, we remember what a huge success One Night Stand 05 was. Well, they've announced that they're going to jumpstart it again with a June 11th one night stand pay-per-view once again, at Hammerstein ballroom in New York. So this is going to be the one night stand 06 that you and Randy just talked about last week, but with the success of the sellout in 05, I think tickets sold out in like under two hours and the traffic on the website being higher because of ECW content, supposedly that makes Vince think. Hey, maybe there's some meat left on the bone here. Let's take a stab at ECW. When did you first hear this isn't a one-off show? We're going to make it a third brand. Well, Vince approached me before anybody else. And I think I told you this already, Conrad. He came to me and said, Hey, I'm going to start a new promotion and I want you to be the face of it. And I said, well, what's it called? He said, ECW, but you're going to make less money and work in smaller arenas. I said, why the hell would I want to do that, Vince? He said, don't worry, I'll take care of you on the pay-per-views. And Vince did. So, you know, it, whether it be WWE, WCW, or ECW, as long as Vince owns it and he's running it, I'm going to do it because Vince has never done me wrong. And I didn't think he would do me wrong in this situation either. The film See No Evil makes its premiere on May 8th in Anaheim right after Raw ended uh, the SmackDown crew was in town filming the TV commercials before going to San Diego for SmackDown. So virtually the whole roster's there. Kane comes out here and uh, Meltzer would say, I guess this is to show he really was nuts. what did you think of uh, Kane's movie performance here? Did you see, see no evil? Yes. I was at the premiere. I thought it was awesome. I'm not going to say it was an A movie. It was a, it was definitely a B movie. But it was a good start for the WWE films. I thought it was a great beginner film for the company. Uh, I thought Kane did a fabulous, fabulous job. It was a pretty corny story, but it worked. I mean, you know, and especially the end when the dog pissed on his face. I thought that was <laughs> hilarious. But, you know, the, the movie was great. I thought it was good enough to be a premiere movie. And, you know, it, 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 it was great to be at the premiere and do that and, be able to represent the company and knowing that Kane did it, it, you know, it gave us a lot of hope that we would eventually do films too. Let's talk a little bit about your old pal, Brock Lesnar. He's had some legal action going back and forth with the WWE and it looks like it's officially over uh, in favor of Lesnar. Both sides agreed to a settlement a few weeks ago. The final papers were filed on April 24th. The terms of that settlement were sealed. Uh, but the, the gist is. He's now eligible to continue to work for new Japan pro wrestling, and he's probably going to be going into MMA. That's at least what's hinted in the newsletter. Meltzer was skeptical, but optimistic that he would take a stab at MMA. 
in this era, 2006, are you still in touch with Brock at all? And, and was, were you guys ever speaking about a working in Japan or B trying MMA? Well, Brock did approach me about working with him in Japan and I ended up going over for NJPW and I had a match with Brock. We had a phenomenal match over there and I won the world title from him, the NJ, uh, MPW or New Japan. NJPW, yeah. yeah, New Japan Pro Wrestling World Title. And, um, you know, Brock, after the match, Brock said, hey, uh, when we do the press conference, because they always have huge press conferences before and after the matches. And he said, when you have the press conference and we're sitting up there in front of the press, tell them you want a rematch with me. Well, I didn't know at the time, but I heard Brock was making a ton of money on these matches. I he, he was, he was remaining champion as long as he could. And then they wanted to take the title off of him, So he wanted to do the match. He wouldn't do it with just anybody. So he told new Japan, if you bring Kurt angle over, I'll do the job for him. So he brought me over. I, he did the job for me and then he wanted to have a rematch because <laughs> he wanted to make more money. Brock's all about money. And he, he's a very stern businessman and everything is revolved about around money for him. He it's money. First it's passion. Second. It's funny that we're talking about him and, and, and his approach to the business, because I feel like a lot of fans were, were hinting that maybe he's going to make a run back in the UFC, or maybe he might've even shown up at this prior year's WrestleMania. I think there's a lot of people who want to see him and Bobby Lashley, but the people I talk to say, well, they don't know that Brock has the love of wrestling the way, you know, Randy Orton last week did. Perhaps he is just a guy who's out there wrestling for money and I don't know the whole new Japan thing. You and I need to do a whole show on that sometime. I think the match you're talking about took place in 07 between you two. And, uh, he had been working for new Japan since 05, but that is obviously the reason this whole lawsuit is there. Let's, let's switch to MMA for a moment though. Did he ever express any sort of interest to you that, Hey man, I'm going to take my amateur wrestling skills. I'm going to put it in a cage. Well, you know, the last time I spoke with him, and this is this is before New Japan, uh, was right before he quit the tryout for pro football. Right. And he told me that he was considering, you know, trying out for pro football, and he was also considering UFC. And uh, he didn't know which one to pick, but he decided to do pro football first. And, you know, that, that was his option. You know, he was going to do what he was going to do. But I, I knew eventually he would end up trying for UFC. And I, I was surprised it took him so this long because I, I believe that was at least four years before he got into UFC. And, uh, you know, when I was in Japan uh, wrestling him, uh, I knew he was working a deal with the UFC at that particular time to come in. So him and Dana White were already in talks about uh, him going to UFC. Well, whenever we're talking about, uh, real fighting or amateur fighting, as it were, I always am reminded that occasionally guys take it a little too far in the pro wrestling scheme of things. And that happened in this era. There was a fight during a commercial shoot just a few days before judgment day, they're filming a commercial for SummerSlam, and somehow something happened between Booker T and Batista. Uh, this became a wrestling legend. What do you remember about this? Uh, skirmish dust up the situation, if you will, between Booker and Batista. Well, I, I was there after the fight ended, but I, I heard what, what, what occurred 
Batista got there for a commercial shoot. We were all doing the commercial. I think it was for SummerSlam. And uh, someone approached him. And Batista said, hey, when are you coming over to SmackDown? Because uh, I have nobody to work with. And Booker took that as, wait a minute, I'm on SmackDown. There's a lot of people to work with. I think Batista was just saying, because there were a lot of injuries going on, it was getting a little bare at the top. And he was just trying to tell the person, I'd love for you to come over to work a program with you. I don't think it was anything personal against Booker T or anyone else on SmackDown. So Batista said it and Booker T confronted him. Now it got the situation got hotter because now Booker confronts Batista, makes Batista look like an idiot. Batista yells back at Booker. Then they end up in the fight confrontation. So the fight occurred. I got there afterward. I saw Booker T had a black guy and Batista was a little banged up. And, uh, you know, I just thought it was a big misunderstanding. Uh, I know they apologized afterward and made up and did whatever they had to do to, to move on. But I just think it was a big misunderstanding and they just misunderstood each other about the whole situation. It, it was, it was a shame. It really was. It didn't have to happen. Meltzer would report, uh, after the fight, the two argued with Batista saying Booker was a locker room cancer, but no one agreeing. I've never heard that. I mean, that's just, that's just guys lashing out, right? Yeah, that was definitely him lashing out because Booker is the most supportive guy in the locker room. He gives advice. He he has incredible ideas for different wrestlers. He he's, he's in tune with the company and he's a, he's a great employee. Meltzer would say the general feeling was that Batista got what was coming to him. And even people you would expect to take Batista's side were backing Booker T. This is one of those deals where two guys who are uh, headstrong, uh, they're just going to disagree and, um, it overflows sometimes, but in athletics and, and, and all this uh, competition, even though it's not really competition. I don't think this is all that uncommon, but boy fans just eat it up. And I'm sure it gives all the boys, the rest of the locker room, something to talk about, but it feels like these days, cooler heads have prevailed mended fences. No big deal. Fair to say. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, cooler heads do prevail and you know, you don't, you don't have to go to that extent, but I understand a lot of guys get frustrated and, uh, you know, they want to take it out on somebody and. You know, it's understandable that these things happen, but it's unfortunate. The thing is though, I mean, to your point, it happens in every other type of professional sports. It just, there's usually not an article written about it in the rumor and innuendo. Maybe it doesn't go as crazy, but this type of stuff happens, you know, on the practice field and in locker rooms for every Every day, all day long. Yes. You're absolutely right. Uh, let's, let's keep it going here on the April 7th SmackDown. You get in Randy Orton's face for the first time since, uh, he lost, uh, the title at WrestleMania, or he lost your title for you. I suppose, uh, he says, uh, you're missing something and you slap the shit out of him. This is great. This is more wrestling machine right here. Is it not? That was wrestling machine, Kurt angle. And I was in a really bad time in my life. You know, the injuries were piling up. The painkiller issue was not getting better. I was acting erratic with Vince McMahon we weren't getting along very well. And, uh, this was angry Kurt angle lashing out. I, I meant no disrespect to Randy, but this was Kurt angle making a statement to Vince McMahon directly. And that's, 
you know, that I, I, you know, that, that was the beginning of the end for me. That's pretty much when I decided I was going to quit really in this era, right after WrestleMania, you had had enough. Yeah. The right when I started in ECW. So a couple months later, but it was, it was right around that time that this all occurred. This week's UFC 262 is sure to be a can't miss event. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this week's fight, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code ANGLE for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code ANGLE to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Later in the night, Teddy Long announces the King of the Ring tournament and uh, in your first match. Your opponent will be Randy Orton. Of course, he's not pleased with that. On April 14th, you're interviewed backstage by Crystal Marshall. And it's the first time we've heard, we've really heard from you since WrestleMania. And, uh, you first give congratulations to Ray. And then you say you lost the championship because of Randy Orton. And tonight you're taking the, the, uh, frustration out on him. It's supposed to be the last match before Orton is set to have this suspension, but it's not a squash. It's a really competitive match. You beat him using the ankle lock with a grapevine, and then you lock him in the move again to put him out of action. You walk up the ramp and then come back down to lock it in one more time. Of course, the story here is you broke his ankle and he's got to have a reason to, uh, take that leave of absence. So here it is. What'd you think of the execution that night? I thought it was great. I mean, Randy was getting suspended. He needed a storyline to take him out and the, you know, the injury thing worked. So it made me look like an animal or like a monster. And you know, that that's what I wanted. I wanted a good push. Uh, and you know, that's what the company gave me. I think they were trying to keep me happy at the time. Well, they kept you happy the next week because they gave you the week off. And on April 28th, <laughs> they're set to feature a world heavyweight title showdown in the main event. It's you against the new champion, Ray Mysterio. And all throughout the show, we're treated to Kurt Angle's winner circle segments is showing all your world title wins up to this point. And it's really highlighting your success as a WWE superstar. I mean, this show is really built around you and the main event is great. You guys tear the house down. And I guess if there's one match on our show that we're going to talk about, we want to recommend you should watch this one. It's something, uh, Mysterio looks like he might win and hits the six one nine. Then he goes for the West coast pop, but you plan him and grab that ankle lock. And now it looks like we've got a new world champion, but Mark Henry runs in and attacks you. And that creates, of course, the disqualification. He eventually splashes you through a table. You're selling it like you're dying saying Mark Henry broke your rib. How did this match stack up? Is this one of your favorite matches with Ray? 
Yes, it was it was a fluid match. The match was awesome. It flowed really well. We had a great story that we told. Uh, you know, the the whole thing, the whole buildup was, uh, you know, they were showing these vignettes of me and all my championships and what I have accomplished. It was a buildup for the end of the show. And uh, what, what the, the buildup came to was, the story was, you know, Mark Henry was going to ruin it for me, winning the world title. And I'd end up going off and wrestling Mark Henry. Let's, uh, let's keep it going here and mention that you're out on May 5th with injured ribs. So once again, just as Meltzer suggested, they're trying to give you some time off. You're back on May 12th and the doctors say you're in no shape to compete. And Teddy long tells you backstage that you'll have to withdraw from the King of the ring, but you don't care because you want Mark Henry. Um, Teddy says he can't, but you grab him and get in his face. Teddy looks shaken up. And either he's a great actor or he's legitimately nervous. Uh, Teddy <laughs> makes the match for judgment day. And here's some interesting trivia later that night, Mark Henry would debut his three, six mafia song that he used for the rest of his career, uh, which is, is a sign that they're doing some big stuff with him. You know, we talked last week with Randy about how Oh six was a tough year for both you and him, but Oh six is probably Mark Henry's breakout year, right? Without a doubt, you know, Mark Henry struggled quite a bit. The first nine years, he was getting injured quite a bit. He wasn't learning the psychology as quickly as he should have. Uh, the company started having doubts about him, but something went off in his head. Some switch went off in 2006 and he started getting it. He was improving. He was getting better with his move set, his psychology, everything was coming in the line. And uh, he had a phenomenal year, one of the best years in the history of wrestling. Uh, the success he had and what he was able to accomplish that year was phenomenal. And it actually gave him a 10-year extension to his contract because his contract was coming up that year. And I'm not sure the WWE would have extended it uh, with the little progress that he made the first nine years. But that last year was a big moment for Mark, a big year for him. And that gave him another 10 year extension on his contract, which worked out really well. And Mark had a great career ever since on the May 19th episode of uh, SmackDown, you're doing a backstage promo and you say that you've known Mark for 10 years, going all the way back to the 96 Olympics when you won a gold medal and well, Mark didn't win anything. And you sort of put the pieces <laughs> of the puzzle together to explain that's why he attacked you. And this is really your last stop before judgment day. So you can tell that they're trying to. Uh, keep your in-ring work limited and give you some time off and let you heal up. We've, we've touched on it before. How are you doing at this point in your life? Are you in a ton of pain? Have you started to maybe, uh, over-medicate sometimes to just self-medicate through this process? Well, the hardest part was the injuries. I just couldn't keep myself together. I mean, that's the main reason I even left WWE in 2006, I, I just couldn't keep my body together. My hamstring, my groin, my abdominal, shoulder, neck, everything was just, I was falling apart. And I was having a really difficult time. And the painkiller issue wasn't getting any better. And I, you know, I said it before, I started lashing out at Vince, and Vince was ignoring me, which made me even more angrier. And I would, uh, you know, uh, leave him threatening messages on his answer machine, on his cell phone. And uh, I just got so far out of control that, you know, eventually I had to go to Vince and say, listen, we need to have a talk. And, that, you know, we had a talk, and this was probably in June or July of 2006. 
And uh, I told him, listen, uh, you know, I, I just came from an event and I went to a meeting and I pulled my pants down. The, it was a production meeting. Vince was in the front and everybody else was in the back. And uh, I, I walked in between them and I pulled my pants down to my ankles and I showed Vince my groin and it was all black and blue. I mean, my, my penis, everything was black from the injury. It was an abdominal tear and a groin tear and a hamstring tear, all three at the same time. And all the blood just rushed to my legs and my groin. And uh, I said, we need to talk. He said, well, let's go to my office. I said, no, I need to meet you up at your at the headquarters uh, this week. So I want you to set me up a flight and bring me up because we need to have a personal discussion about what's going on. And so that, that that's when I decided that I'm most likely going to leave the company. Lots of talk about as we journey through 2006, at least for day it's for today, let's zero in on judgment day, uh, May 21st, 2006 U S Airways center, Phoenix, Arizona sold out crowd, 15,421 fans. And, uh, the show does 252,000 buys on pay-per-view slightly down from the year before, but better than the raw only show backlash, which came in at 220,000 and overall the observer loved it. Uh, the readers there gave it 82.7% thumbs up only 1.2% thumbs down and just 16.3% thumbs in the middle. Uh, your match is fifth on the card that night. And here's what Meltzer had to say. Angle did a somersault body block off the middle rope and looked to just about land on his head. This wouldn't be good for anyone, but he's the last guy who needs that. Was this a close call? Do you remember this? What happened here? Yes, it was a stupid move. I did a backflip off the second rope to try to get Mark Henry down because Mark was a big guy. I wanted to do something aerial in the air to get him down because he's such a big, strong guy and uh, show that I was a smaller wrestler and that I needed to do something bigger to get him down. And I almost landed on my head. I almost broke my neck again. And that, that was just a stupid move. Uh, Meltzer would say this match was better than the rumble match. The match was fair, but the post-match was pretty good and saved it. Let's mention the match starts out with you on offense, grabbing front face locks and single legs. You try to German suplex Henry into the announce table, but he blocks it and goes on the offense. As a reminder, you're working this match with your ribs taped up because he puts you through the table a few weeks prior on TV. And there's a moment here where he goes for the world's strongest slam, but you reverse it into a DDT. You finally get the big German on him. And then the angle slam, but he kicks out. Uh, how was Mark to, uh, to work with those Germans and angle slams? Mark was easy to get up. He, he was really easy. He, he would jump for you. He was very light on his feet. Great athlete. Um, you know, it, it wasn't like when I would angle slam big show, when big show was 500 pounds, it was really difficult to get him up. I mean, he, he was, a. Uh, and he wasn't, you know, he didn't jump really well for me, but Mark Henry, he had some leaps. He could, you know, he could dunk a basketball right. before the Olympics. He was 350 pounds and he's only six foot one. He could dunk a basketball. That tells you what kind of athlete he is. No doubt about that. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma Money, you can win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. 
Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card and you win. You'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in Instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Credit Karma Money. Progress starts here. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning Instant Karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Let's talk about the match here. He sets you up for a big splash on the announce table. Uh, thankfully for all, probably mostly you, uh, you roll out of the way and he climbs down. Uh, and then uh, Meltzer would write Henry squashed him uh, into the post on the floor and angle was counted out. Count out finishes. Don't go over too well. These days, uh, angle came back alive in the post match with a low blow and five chair shots and even an ankle lock on the floor. Angle gave uh, Henry an angle slam on the English announce tables. The uh, table didn't break and Henry just slid off, but angle finished things up with a wicked chair shot on top of the head. What do you remember about the finish being a count out? That's not something you see very often on pay-per-view. I wasn't happy with it. Uh, I'd rather have Mark win or I win, but to have a finish being a count out is, is almost useless. It, it really takes the air out of the match. Uh, thank God we had aftermath. That's what saved the match. The match was pretty good, but the finish just fizzled out the match. And, uh, the aftermath is what the aftermath is what saved the match. Let's talk a little bit about the aftermath. Uh, we saw the, uh, announce table spot for whatever reason, the table doesn't break. Uh, tell us fans listening at home. Is there magic to breaking the uh, announce table? Is there a trick? Is there a best practice to break the announce table? It feels like sometimes it does. And sometimes it doesn't. It's almost like it's not up to you guys. It's up to the table. It is up to the table. You know, you have, you have to gimmick it, but the gimmick thing doesn't always work. Sometimes they gimmick it too tightly. Sometimes it's too loose. Uh, when it's too loose, like the, the time that I got pedigree through it and the table didn't stand, it actually broke early and I hit my head on the concrete floor. The, the table was gimmicked too easily, but this time it was gimmicked too tightly and there was just no way it was going to break. What about a regular wooden table? We saw this whole feud really get kicked off with, with Mark putting you through it. Is there a, a trick or some magic to doing a regular table spot the best way? Yes. You can't gimmick the regular table entirely. There's their metal ridges underneath the table. They run long ways and you have to cut half of those cut through half of it. Not the whole thing, because if you lay an athlete on a table, the table could just break. Yeah. So you have to gimmick it halfway, just cut half of the metal and the rest, you know, the, 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 the force, when you go down and splash on the athlete, that will break the table. 
So that's the right way of doing it. We finished this whole thing up on the outside with a, a chair shot to the head, knowing what we know now about head trauma, probably wish we had that one back. Uh, but once upon a time, especially in the nineties during, we'll call it the ECW era, chair shots to the head were common. And it was almost like a badge of courage that, you know, guys wanted to do it without putting their hands up. It was looked at as being quote unquote, a pussy move to put your hands up. Now we know, no, that was just fucking stupid. Uh, when did you, how are you introduced to chair shots? I assume in your amateur life, there were no chair shots. So when, when somebody says, okay, here's the way you're supposed to do it, but here's what the real tough guys do. Does any of that even happen? Or how do you come to learn about the right way to throw a chair and the right way to get hit by a chair? If there was such a thing. Well, thank God I wasn't part of that era Yeah. because back then you got ribbed. If you protected yourself by putting your hands up, you're supposed to take it full blow with your head. That's not the right way to do it. That's how you get neck damage and head damage. You're going to get concussions and brain damage from stuff like that. The trick to a chair shot is not the person giving it. It's the one taking it. You have to protect yourself. A natural reaction to a chair shot is to put your hands up. And that's what you need to do. When the guy's bringing a chair, he's going to bring it pretty hard. The fans don't see you put your hand up because they see the chair coming. And then they hear the chair hit your head or your hands. And then you take a bump. So they don't really see it. And it's such a natural reaction. Just for a second, you just put your hand up and put your hands back down. And you get the full effect of the chair shot and no, no damage to your head. That's the right way to do it. And that's how I was told. That's what I was taught. Well, you have a, a pretty wicked chair shot here on Mark Henry. Um, obviously, he obviously was, didn't protect himself. No, <laughs> if, if we, if we had it to, uh, to do over again, maybe we would, but the results of that big chair shot is he face plants through the table and it breaks. So it, it is a, a spectacular finish if nothing else. Uh, but the actual match time was nine minutes and 10 seconds. Uh, Meltzer gave it two and a quarter stars. I mean, I know if we had this to do over again, you would probably change the chair shot and probably not be a count out, but you watched it this week for the first time in 15 years. What'd you think? I thought the match was good. It was solid. I just think the finish just sucked. I mean, anytime you have a count out, it's the fans are going to react in a negative way. It's just not what the fans want to see. They want to see a winner and a loser. Obviously when you get counted out, you lose, but it's not. It's not an honorable, honorable way of losing, and you don't really get blamed for losing. A count-in is a count-out because the person cheated, got you down outside, did something to you outside to keep you down, to get you counted out. So it's not just a really good finish for, for anyone to watch. Let's, um, let's keep it moving here, and let's talk about the way the rest of the show was received. Uh, fans online, or at least who read the observer felt Chris Benoit and fit Finley had the best match of the night. We haven't talked a ton about fit Finley. Of course, we've broken down a lot of your matches with Benoit, but fit Finley, you got any good memories of working with him? Yes. Fit was awesome. He was a great teacher, a great wrestler. He's one of the greatest technicians of all time. I think the only reason why he's not talked about is because he never made it to the level of a Kurt angle. And don't get me wrong. He's made it up there. He's been in the main event here and there, but I don't think that he had the success that he deserved to have. 
Fit Finley had all the tools to make it big in the business. He could have been one of the faces of the company. I just don't think the company chose to do that. And Fit is is the most talented wrestler I've ever seen in the ring. He's incredible, and his technique is awesome. He comes up with so many innovative ideas. You know, he came up with a, a thing for me when I was wrestling, um, I think it was Benoit, and he wanted me to use a chair and uh, put Benoit with the chair and, like, have it hit the floor and have Benoit's uh, larynx get all messed up. And uh, it was a brilliant spot. Fit comes up with all these great situations and spots. Uh, he's very innovative with that stuff. He's a, he's a very talented individual. Let's talk about some other guys who were on that card uh, Two stick out to me, Paul London and Brian Kendrick. Uh, they feel like to me, what could have been examples in WWE. Did you ever have any experience working with those guys, either in the ring or outside of the ring? I wrestled Brian Kendrick. It was uh, a five minute, uh, Kurt Angle challenge. And I slapped the shit out of him. I put him <laughs> on this top rope. And I mean, you have to watch this. If you haven't seen it, look up Kurt Angle versus Brian Kendrick. Uh, Kurt Angle slaps him during the Kurt Angle challenge. Uh, it's, it's, a it's a move to be remembered. <laughs> I, I knocked the shit out of him, knocked him right on the floor from the top rope to the floor. It was unbelievable. I never wrestled Paul London. I wish I would have. They were both very talented. Saving money at SaveWithConrad.com is fast and easy. Just ask Jordan in Murfreesboro. He says, Jimmy made the entire process easy. No appraisal was needed, and we got a great rate on our refinance. What about Glenn up in Sperry, Oklahoma? He says, I wound up knocking four years off my loan and even saved a few dollars on my monthly payment. Easy to work with. Jimmy is the man. How much are you overpaying right now? Keep more of your own money at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. So wait, lower your monthly payments and pay your house off faster. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? At SaveWithConrad.com. The worst match that night, according to The Observer, was Undertaker and Great Khali. Of course, we just saw Great Khali take his uh, spot in the WWE Hall of Fame this past year. Did you ever work with Khali? I mean, it feels like that would have been Styles Clash all day. He's quite uh, the spectacle, or I think Bruce calls it an attraction and, uh, undertaker had to have his working boots on here for whatever reason, fans didn't dig it. What about you? Did you ever have any interaction with the great colleague you can share? I didn't know him that well. I, I didn't talk to him much. He didn't speak that much. He was very quiet, very big man, very gentle, a gentle giant, uh, very nice. Uh, just, uh, had great manners and just was a, a really nice guy. I just think that. They brought him in because they were promoting for India. You know, they were trying to get the market in India to be a hot market for wrestling, which it already was. But to have one of their own be involved in the WWE was just a brilliant idea. And that's, I think, the reason why they started with Kali and uh, great Kali. And, and that uh, the reason why he had a lot of success in WWE is because they were pushing him because of the India market. Let's jump into some questions. we got lots of questions from fans this week. This one comes to us from ringside rant Jones. He says, she came to WWE with an amateur wrestling background. Mark Henry had the powerlifting background. Do you think it would be wise for men and women who want to be successful in the professional wrestling business to come from a similar background? Oh, without a doubt. I think athletic backgrounds are the most 
crucial to be in professional wrestling. When you have an athletic background and you have a good base, you have something to work with. And I think that any athlete that's that parlays into pro wrestling will have a much better shot at succeeding at pro wrestling than not uh, interjecting in any athletics at all. Here's another one here. This one comes to us from uh, Jason Bayless. He says, in your opinion, did the silverback thing have any legs at this point, or were they just booking a monster for him to beat? You mean call Mark a silverback? Yeah. Well, I think that come on, the guy's as big as a silverback. He's, you know, he was a monster. He's a big dude and he's considered the strongest guy in the world. So I don't blame them for building him up as a monster. And they did a tremendous idea of it. They did a tremendous job of it. I thought it was uh, very effective in that he, it really helped his character. Uh, here's another one here. This one comes to us from a friend of the show. Senior Phoebe's hi, Kurt, since Charles Robinson called your match at judgment day of six, I was curious if you had any favorite referees and by the way, shout out to Charles. I know he listens every week, Kurt. Hey, Charles. How you doing, buddy? Miss you, brother. Uh, you know, my favorite was, uh, Brian Hebner, uh, baby Heb. He was phenomenal because he understood the psychology of wrestling. It was like having a third wrestler in the ring with you. He wanted to know the entire match. So most referees come to you and say, what's the finish? What's the three count? What's the submission? They just want to know the finish. So they get the finish, right? And then they don't want to know anything else. But Brian wanted to know the whole entire match from beginning to end. And if you forgot the match while you're in the ring, Brian would remind you where you were going next. He was phenomenal. He just had it all in his head and he was always well, well prepared. He was always over prepared. And I think that's what I loved about Brian. Any, uh, any favorite matches you remember or interactions with Charles you had over the years? Charles has been uh, little Nate for, I don't know, the better part of 20 years now. Uh, Charles was a, a exceptional referee. I enjoyed working with him. He was great to work with. We just had a little incident that was unfortunate where he counted the wrong finish. And, uh, I, I can't remember who I was wrestling. Um, um, uh, somebody, I can't remember who it was, but I was, it was Booker T Booker T and Booker beat me the first match. It was when I was stalking his wife and he beat me the first match. We went to the second match and I was supposed to win. Then we were going to have the blow off match, the third match. Well, the second match that I was supposed to win, uh, uh, Charles counted me three. Uh, he ended up pinning me. Uh, I maybe, you know, I might've kicked out a little late, but I used to do that quite a bit. I had a reputation of it and Charles knew that. But he counted the three. I think he just got messed up with who was supposed to go over. And uh, so that ended our program before we even did a third match. So it was unfortunate Booker and I couldn't have a third match. And, and the main reason was because Charles messed up on the finish. But Charles didn't do that very often. He was a great referee. He just had a bad night. Uh, Tyler Rogers wants to know, was it Vince's idea to use the announcer's table at the end? The announcer's table with uh, Mark Henry? Yes. Uh, no, it was one of the agents, I believe Johnny Laurinaitis. He felt that we needed to do something after the count out to help save the match, 
to make it more of a quality match and to keep the fans happy. So they wanted the baby face to angle slam the, the heel through the table. And uh, it was, it was a great idea because it did work. It actually made the match a little better uh, con- considering it was a fizzled out finish. Here's another one. Uh, this is from uh, Jay. He says, having worked so much together and sharing an Olympic background, did you and Mark Henry ever train together or work out together? If so, what was he like in the gym? I never trained with Mark after the Olympics, before the Olympics, we were both at the Olympic training center. We trained together quite a bit. Uh, he was a strong individual, very hard worker, uh, went to the gym three times a day, was there all the time. He was primed to win a gold medal in the Olympics. Fortunately, he got injured uh, right before the Olympics and couldn't put on his best performance. I trained with him quite a bit at the Olympic Training Center. Uh, Richie says, uh, hey, Kurt, you jumped to the ECW brand right after this pay-per-view. Did you know going into this show, this would be your last match on the SmackDown brand? I didn't know because I I didn't decide whether I was going to quit or not until I joined ECW. So, um, I didn't know it was my last match on SmackDown or forever, or at least for 11 or 12 years. But, uh, I, I, I wouldn't have known that because I didn't know I was going to quit yet. So, uh, fortunately, um, you know, not knowing, I, I just went to ECW and, uh, that's where things got worse. And I decided I need to step out of the company. Coming up in two weeks, we're going to be back talking about when Kurt became extreme that happened at the 2006 draft. So that is the next piece of this story, but at least for next week, we're going to cover judgment day, 2001. It's yet another match with Chris Benoit. This is the two out of three falls match. And, uh, before you get there, you're probably going to need to have some protein and I know where to go, Kurt it's physically fit.com. And if you use our promo code angle pod, you can get 20% off. You heard uh, just last week, Randy Orton bragging about the cinnamon flavor was his favorite. Kurt still rocks the blue cheese and the hot wing. And uh, I'm still a Sriracha fan. I found out over the weekend, Kurt, my mom likes pizza the best. So there's something for everybody. Yeah. Sweet barbecues, great pizza. They're all phenomenal. The flavors are incredible. It's good health food. It's healthy for you. High protein, low carbohydrate. You can get it at physicallyfit.com. You can use the promo code ANGLEPOD to get 20% off your order. And by the way, I want to mention you get all these shows that we're talking about early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com. But while you've got your web browser open, you should also check out kurtanglebrand.com. Uh, Kurt's got some fantastic shirts over there. You can even get a video message from him. And these, there's even autographed eight by tens and cowboy hats and milk cartons. But maybe my favorite thing you do, Kurt, if someone listening right now has something they wish had a Kurt Angle autograph on it, you could make that happen, right? Yes, they just need to go to the address on my website, send it to me. I'll sign it for you for a small donation. Not a problem. I'll sign whatever you need me to sign. Check it out. It's KurtAnglebrand.com. You got a title belt. You got a bobblehead. Maybe you met Kurt once at a convention and got your picture made with him. Wouldn't you like to have that autographed and hang it on your wall? KurtAnglebrand.com can hook you up. And of course our show today was brought to you by physicallyfit.com. I want to mention when you're looking for these chicken snacks, you can find them locally. There's three spots within driving distance of my house, but maybe the easiest of all is to just use the promo code AnglePod to save 20% as well. And, uh, I had a chance to scout some of the reviews. I didn't know it, Kurt, but it's over at amazon.com. 
And man, it's five stars across the board. People love chicken snacks. Yeah, without a doubt. They we've got nothing but five star ratings on Amazon and we're doing phenomenal. Uh the company's picking up after the pandemic or during the pandemic, but uh we're we're doing okay right now. We were struggling for a bit the first year and a half, but we're things are starting to get better. And I think the reason is this podcast, the Kurt Angle Show. <laughs> so listen, we really appreciate you guys supporting the the product. Uh, I can't stress this enough. That is the easiest and best way to support the show. Try some healthy snacks. Damn it. Go to physicallyfit.com. <laughs> use the promo code AnglePod. This isn't just a company that Kurt is a spokesman for. This is Kurt's company. So why wouldn't you do that? Physicallyfit.com. Use that promo code AnglePod. Save yourself 20% and get some great tasting snacks. And it could be yours right now at physicallyfit.com. Until next time, we are out of time. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the angle pod. If you've got a question for judgment day, Oh one or becoming extreme, I want to quickly run down June. We got David Schultz and all of the Fox catcher business happening the first week of June. We'll talk about one night stand Oh six and how we built to that match with Randy Orton in the middle of June. Of course, we're hitting just in time for the 20 year anniversary, that famous street fight at King of the ring, 2001 with Shane McMahon. And we'll finish off the month of June with vengeance. Oh six and yet another Randy Orton match. Lots of stuff happening. Get them all early. Get them ad free. Go to adfreeshows.com and we'll see you next week right here on the Kurt Angle Show. Thanks, guys. Hey, just wanted to give you a heads up. You're wasting money on your single biggest expense and you might not even realize it. Just ask Brandon in Texas. Save with Conrad.com. Just hooked him up. He left us a five star review and here's what he had to say This whole refinance process has been super easy, it's been entirely stress free. I had a good interest rate beforehand and no real need to refinance, but I finally looked into it after hearing Conrad's ads. Turns out they were able to cut five years of payments, saving me about $50,000. Man, Brandon saved 50 grand and he thought he had a great deal. How much can you save? Find out right now for free at savewithconrad.com. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket and we're licensed in more than 40 states. So we can help more families than ever before at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? At savewithconrad.com. brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, 
It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra five to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.